Welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today we'll be talking to Jason Fulton from from Newton High School in Newton, Illinois. He's been the head coach since 2007. Uh, We were talking on the phone for a little bit before we started the podcast, and I'm really excited about this uh, for all the listeners to get a chance to gain some wisdom from a guy who has been a head coach for a while, uh, a quality family man, and just somebody that I know everybody will enjoy hearing from coach it's good to hear from you hey it's great it's finally uh, great to hook up and talk a little football and talk about family and life appreciate it very much yeah coach so just kind of tell the listeners about yourself um so we we all get to know you here a little bit well i'm, I'm head coach at uh, new Green high school like you said and this is in uh southeastern uh illinois and we're a small school about 440 kids and we're classified as a 3A school. And I've been head coach since 2007. We've had a, a pretty good uh, run here lately. The last uh, been the playoffs the last five years. Uh, won two conference championships. Been a couple of Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. We've had some really good players and some good coaches. And I hope to touch on some of the coaches and stuff as we go on. But uh, uh, I'm born and raised here in, uh, in Jasper County. This is uh, my home school. Uh, I was fortunate enough to come back and coach um, with the uh, – Coach Horst, who was the head coach here for 23 years, and, and he coached me and to get to come back and work with him, be his defense coordinator. Uh, that was some really valuable experience that I gained. Um, we actually uh, were state runner-up in 2005, um, you know, and that was, uh, that was an unbelievable experience um, for us and for our community. Married a local girl, uh, went to high school together, kind of a high school sweetheart. My wife, Michelle, she's a nurse practitioner here in town. I was going to say I grew up on a grain farm, uh, soybean and corn farm uh, here in the county. My, my dad is kind of semi-retired now. They farm, uh, and my brother's kind of taken over now. They farm about 1,900 acres, so they keep busy. And so growing up, I you know spent a lot of time on the farm, and, and we did have a lot of livestock, but took care of the driving the tractors and all that stuff and but you know football was always a huge part of our life um i have uh four kids um gabe is uh my son gabe is 19 he was a two-time all-state center for me and he's uh at a local junior college now but he still has a passion to play ball we're, we're actually even working on that today uh still working on see if we can get him somewhere uh for next year i have a son dexter who's 10 uh, my other son Quincy is nine, and uh, my daughter uh, Penelope is seven. I've got a little bit of a unique uh, family situation, which is a lot of people do this, and I and I and again, I'm really appreciative for everybody who does this. But we adopted uh, Dexter, Quincy, and Penelope. We call Penelope Poppy. Um, it's been uh, a true joy of our life, and we, have, my wife and I, are very passionate about adoption and advocates for adoption. Uh, you know, it was something. Um, I had never really thought of, and I'll tell you kind of a, maybe a funny story. Um, I had uh, come home from work one day, and it was in, I think, in the springtime or something. And my wife uh, at the time was a nurse at a local hospital, uh, the hospital that she still works for. She's a nurse practitioner now. Now, but uh, I walk in and after school, and she's sitting on the couch watching uh, Oprah, and she's crying. And I, what's, <laughs> oh, I said, "What?" I go, what in the world's the matter? 
and it was a story about adoption and stuff like that. And she was, I think we can do this. And I said, well, I think we can too. And so that kind of started the whole, so Oprah started the process for us, I guess, put it that way. Um, so that kind of started our process and we adopted Dexter and then pretty soon said, Hey, we can do this again. And we get Quincy. And, uh, and then my wife said, you know, we want to, uh, both Quincy and Dexter were, uh, uh, adopted here in the States and then uh, Penelope, we adopted in China. So we were in China. Um, it's just been about five years ago we were, we were in China to get Penelope. And that was a uh, true experience and, and really appreciative of that. And she's just changed our life. Uh, they all have, all our kids. Um, so, I, I, you know, kids, family is a huge part. And you know, when you live in a small community like this, and our, our family is, is, is amazing, you know, our, the grandparents are still here and they're a huge part of our lives and you know, our kids are a really, a really big part of our lives. I like to talk about my boys. Um, they're both good athletes. And, or, or, all three of them are, excuse me, but my two youngest boys, um, Quincy is, um, he's actually Nigerian. And I was, uh, just telling you earlier that, uh, you know, he's, he's nine years old and he's about five, two and 135, 140 pounds and wears a size men's uh, 12 shoe. He's a big boy and a really good athlete, and uh, and Dexter is too. Dexter played JFL this past year, and that was just a joy to watch him play. So we've had a lot of fun with these kids, and um, the time with Gabe just flew by in high school, and so and he's just turned out to be a, a wonderful young man, and we're just very. I'm just very proud. You can probably tell I'm proud of my kid. I really am. I think we should be as parents. You know, we these kids of. Uh, really a huge blessing to us and God's been God's been really good to my family just really good coach that's that's so neat it's, it's funny we were we were talking about that about that before the podcast and um you know it's it's funny I don't even know I've only been a dad for four years give or take a couple of days but like what was life before kids you know like what, what uh, I don't, you know is, I, you know uh my just this week, uh, Dexter's got to have a little dental work done, and uh, we, he went to the dentist and came back. And uh, Michelle comes out and says, "Now he's got to go, got to have a couple of teeth pulled, and you know all this stuff." And you know, looking at the cost, and I just look at her and said, "This is parenting. <laughs> this is just part of it. I mean, this is, uh, you know, what would we do?" And that's kind of what we said before. I mean, these kids are, you know, we were married almost three years before we had Gabe, and and. You know, I just can't imagine not having these kids. I mean, this is just a, a huge part of our life. We'd be bored. I, I would be bored. I mean, I, you know, you can say you can, you know, we we probably have more money and we could travel more and all that stuff. But without the, that doesn't matter because this is what the, these kids are about. Our lives, and you know, we want to be a part of what they're doing. This is this is what we wanted out of it. Like I said, God's been good to us, and this is what I felt like our our we were directed to do in our life is to have these kids, and we're. And, uh, we're again, we're fortunate, really, really pleased to, to have it. So coach, that's, that's so cool, man. I, you know, I, I have two girls myself, Willow and Abigail and Abigail just turned four and Willow's nine months. She just, she's popping teeth left and right. It's, you know, it's amazing. Uh, she's so, so funny. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool talking to other coaches who have, who have families and family life is, is really important. Uh, you know, that, that family atmosphere is something you definitely want in your program, too. And I think it's cool when players can see your, your kids coming around and they understand that you know, this is a whole family ordeal. We're all in this, in this together. 
together, you know, my biggest cheerleader is my wife, and uh, she loves uh, me doing this. And uh, I was texting her before this, and she's like, are you still doing your podcast today? I said, yeah, that's okay. And she goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and, and do it. And she actually listens to the podcast. I think she's probably my biggest credit coach. But uh, in a good way, she gives me things yeah. that I need to work on. So that, that's always a, a positive. Um, so, you know, kind of, Coach, that was you're, you talked. If I could talk, you were talking about your family. Uh, kind of go through um, your, your football family a little bit here. Kind of your your history at Newton High School and and things of that nature. Well, you know, I like I said, I was fortunate to to be at the high school I played at and that, you know, small town football, you're experiencing that and where I'm experiencing that is, you know, there's nothing like it. You had, uh, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. We were, I don't remember which coach you had on. This is probably from one of last year's podcasts. And he was talking about, um, you know, the attendance at their games, you know, how they fill up their stands and, you know, a thousand people and, and all this stuff. And that's kind of how it is around here. You know, right? on Friday nights, um, you know, the town just shows up and, and usually most of the time when we're on the road, we've got a bigger crowd than the home and then the team we're playing. I mean, so football in, in Newton is, is a big deal. And, and again, to be a part of it is, is an amazing, uh, I got to play here, uh, after high school, went up to, uh, Trinity international university, which is up at Deerfield, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, played, um, Leslie Frazier at the time was the head coach. And uh, played one year of football and ended up playing four years of baseball. Got hurt during football and kind of, I don't know, kind of wish I would have stuck with it. You know, one of those deals, with especially what I'm doing now, and kind of thought, well, I'll just go into baseball and do that. Had a great time, made a lot of great friends. Um, regret not trying to finish out my football career, but that's just, that's in the past. Um, so, you know, I'm a bachelor's from Trinity uh, in education. And I can teach uh, physical education and driver's ed and, and all the and history. I've taught a lot of history and things like that. And then I have a master's from uh, Indiana Wesleyan University. And, you know, kind of got that later in life and, and you know, had to work at that a little bit. And so that's kind of then after Trinity, you know, after came back, got married and started down at uh, a local, uh, at a neighboring school. It's called Richland County. And, you know, as you come out of college, you think you know it all. And you know nothing. And, <laughs> you know, I got the job at uh, Richland County and was uh, met with the football coach. First day we had a meeting, and he said, "Oh, you know, you're going to help with the running backs and you know linebackers." On something, I said, "Well, I, I was a fullback in high school and played running back in college that one year." I said, "I got this. That's no problem." To get out to the first, you know, first couple practices, I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't know anything. You know, I. <laughs> it took time. You have to. Your ego has to go out the door. You, you know, to realize that. All right, I got to start from scratch and, and actually learn how to do all this. And so I was really very appreciative. And that was a coach down there was named Don Flowers, and he he had uh, you know coached twenty some years at the point, and you know to learn from a guy who had experience and and to do what's right and also do it wrong. There's some things I didn't necessarily always agree with what he did, and I had to. You, you're always talking about making files. I appreciate that. That's you. You're always talking about your notepads and I'm, I'm the same way. I like to write, I like writing things down and you know, the files you're making. And I think there's some things that we file away and say, okay, these are things we don't want to do in our coaching. And these are those things we do want to do. And that's, I think as you work with people, you learn that. And so like I said, after uh, three years at Olney, um, or Richland County, I was able to come back up to Newton, become an assistant coach. 
Um, I started my second year down all I became the offensive line coach and defensive line coach. And I'd never played offensive line either. I mean, I had to learn from scratch. And uh, again, referencing one of your podcasts, you just talked about going to clinics. And that's that was important. That was hugely important for me at a young age. And we did. We clinicked a lot. And going to mega clinics in Cincinnati and Toledo, Ohio, and, and things like that where I had to learn, had to really learn how to coach offensive line. And that was a that was a huge deal to me. And I tried to just grasp, try to be like a sponge, absorb everything we possibly could on uh, how to coach the offensive line. Fortunate enough to come back to Newton and then just started right in offensive line and defensive line and then took over the uh, defense uh, my second year here and uh, you know and then away we go and then I, as I said coach horse retired and I took over in 07 and pretty well coached offensive line up until the last uh, the last two years and I've always coached defensive line pretty much and uh, the last two years uh, I've coached receivers and DBs and part of that was and again reference something you just said was I had a we hired on a coach that uh, a guy who had played for me and went and played at uh, a college and had a good career and just a great offensive line guy and he was come back got a job here and he's going to coach with us and you know I wasn't uh, you know going to keep him from not coaching um, you know at, at his strength and we want to give our kids you know you want to provide the kids the very best you can give them and you know, this guy's good, and uh, I said, so we need a receiver coach. And, again, I was back to the drawing board. I never coached receivers. And, had been, you know, even the head coach, you kind of bounce around. But I always enjoyed just being around those linemen. And so I've had to, you know, learn how to coach receivers and learn how to coach DBs. And, again, I was right back learning. You're, you got to be that sponge. You got. I don't care what age you are. you got to learn. And I want to make a side note too, there, too, is we have a – I've got a coach on my staff. His name's Todd Short, and he's been – uh, at Newton, on or been coached at Newton almost thirty years. I oh, think wow. he has that. This might have been his thirty-first year. Good, good, great. And he works. Um, his family owns a, a, a Dodge dealership here in town, and so he's never taught out the high school, but he's always been involved. And he's actually our head track coach as well. But he's coached our freshman and our, our JV. We want to call it JV or freshman program. Uh, for a long time, he's also coached offensive line, so he's always been there, kind of that staple there at the offensive line and defensive line. He's actually a Hall of Fame coach. He was uh, elected to the Hall of Fame in 2015, and that is so important to have that stability and have a guy like that that, that mentors our young guys that come through and um, just you know really appreciate it. I, I got some other stuff. May talk about Coach Short, you know, if, if, we, if we get there, but uh, you know. To have that ability to uh, have that knowledge and that you know that that time of of coaching for that long and to provide that to our young guys, especially our young and then young coaches. We've had some young coaches come on that you know have to learn, and uh, to have a guy that's been here for a long time that's that's really special. So that's kind of where we're at now. I've got a great staff. Um, it's changed a little bit over the years, but uh, I've got a really good staff. I've got an offensive coordinator that's uh, phenomenal. Uh, he's actually he, – we used to play against each other. He was a head coach at a neighboring school, and he was there for 15 years. And, uh, you know, circumstances happen, and, and he found himself, you know, kind of out of a job. And I said, why don't you come down? I, my offensive coordinator had, had taken a different job. And I said, why don't you come down and work with me? 
and it's about a 45 minute drive for him every day. He's still co- teaching at the school. He got let go of from coaching. And so he drives down every day to, uh, to come and run our offense and coach our quarterbacks. And, uh, he's really good. And he fit, he fit already fit right into our scheme that we do. Uh, we're a West coast team and he, you know, his name's Brian Halsey. And he, uh, you know, he's really made a huge difference in what we do around here. I've got a, you know, you got to have that one guy that makes you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to have that one. You know, you're and again. I, 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 you know, to the listeners out there, if you've not listened to all these podcasts, you need to. This has been special, and I, and a lot of stuff I'm talking about is what you referenced. But, uh, you know, you talk about your staff. You got to have a good staff. You can't be that micromanager. You're 100 percent right. You cannot be that micromanager. You've got to have guys you trust and let them do their job. And I've got a guy, Travis Tarr who is our running back coach and our linebacking coach, but he's also one of our he kind of he's down the weight room right now. We actually have our weights going on. Um, run our weight weight room, you know, just kind of has a, is that guy that kind of makes things go for us. And uh, he's been a great great assistant. Um, you know, reference Coach Short and Coach Halsey and, and Coach Light. He's our new line coach. I was talking about him. And then, you know, here's the thing about special about a small town. We've got a Coach Tar and then his his brother Brock Tar was a great great football player here as well. He's actually coached football for me for a while. He took the cross country job. He's now he's the head cross country coach, but he still helps us. Like he's down in the weight room right now as well. You know, getting those guys going uh, and girls. We get some girls come down, uh, softball girls and track girls come down. They're working on weight room. And Brock is still there on Friday nights. He's up top, still helping with the offense. You know, it's, it's definitely a family affair. We, you know, we just have some great people involved. You know, um, you know, our coaches, I think my coach staff's pretty special. It was uh, kind of funny what uh, Coach Travis Tarr was talking about this. We went to state championship games. Um, the Friday after Thanksgiving, and was just watching the games, and one of the teams that the three A team, three A's uh, like our size, about you know four hundred to five hundred kids, mm-hmm. and the three A team that won was a, a team we lost in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and he'd added a couple guys to his staff, and a couple of them had NFL experience, and they were talking about how nice it is to have NFL experience. Uh, the some guys around, I don't, it was on the TV or the radio or whatever it was, and he started laughing. He goes. Well, we don't have any NFL experience. You just have the ag teachers on your, on your staff. Yeah, right. I, I said, you know what? I'll take the ag teachers. Yeah. Because I know they're going to work hard. You guys, I mean, these guys work hard. They're going to, they put their time into it. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about having these guys on my staff. These, cause they do such a phenomenal job. And, you know, they're not, you know, they love football and they're going to put their heart and soul into it as much as they possibly can. I know they can't do as much as, you know, maybe some guys and, and, there's some limitations there. They've got, they're busy too. They, they run the FFA. We've got a great FFA program and all this stuff. But, uh, I know when I need them, they're going to be there and put their, put their time in. So that's kind of, that's kind of our, our program. Uh, you know, it's where it's pride all the way. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you are every coach on my staff, with the exception of Coach Halsey, who drives down from Charleston, Illinois, which is where Eastern Illinois University's at. Every coach on my staff is from Newton High School. They all play football at Newton High School. I think that's a little bit unique. Um, So there's a lot of pride there. You know, we we want to do well because we take pride in this is, you know, this ownership in this program is a big thing. 
for sure. <clears throat> That's great, Coach. You know, I, it's cool listening to you describe your staff because <clears throat> I, I always believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. And if you're a good leader, then good leaders attract other good leaders. Uh, you know, I, I think for, for my staff, we have, I think I have the best staff in the state of West Virginia. I think my guys are really good teachers first of the game. And then, you know, they, they're motivators and uh, they connect with the, with the kids. And I, I think that if you're a good coach, a good head coach, like you are coach, then you're going to always have a good staff because people will want to coach with you. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a huge testament to what you have, what you have done there. Well, I think it's just, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm a good head coach or not. You know, we've had our ups and downs. Uh, we've been very, as far as uh, wins and losses, now last five, six years, we've done pretty well, but we had some uh, tr- little turbulence there for a while in uh, 09, 0, uh, 2010, 11, 12. It was kind of some rough years. But, you know, we just stuck with it. I, you know, I think the big thing is, is maturity. I think we have to mature as coaches. We have to learn. I think going through those tough times help you out. Um, I think it's honesty, being honest with your coaches. And, and then they they have to understand what, what you want, what you need out of them. And um, they just really bought in to uh, what we are doing. So I, um, our, I love your saying, win the day. And I actually referenced this in our weight room the other day on, on Monday. And uh, I've heard that before, but never really used it. And, uh, you know, with your permission, I may throw it on a T-shirt. I'm a big T-shirt guy. So I mean, so if you don't care, I might throw one on a T-shirt. Oh, shoot. Coach, I but, stole that from Chip Kelly. You can steal whatever yeah, you want from me. I, I know, but, uh, you know, that's, I, you know, kind of co- – I know, and everybody said, we steal everything from everybody on, on football coaches. That's what, that's what we do. But our our big saying is, is RFC, rise, fight, and conquer. And I took that from – a long time ago, I took over as head coach in 07. I was kind of looking, what you know, what's my thing? And uh, in 07, we were pretty good. We were 7-3, made the playoffs. And this is coming off uh, some really good years, state championship run, a uh, Elite Eight run. And then I took over and we went 7-3 and, and uh, you know, made the uh, – I guess we lost our first round. And then, then all of a sudden, in 08, we went 4-5. Should have been probably six and three, and I, you know, you, then you start questioning yourself. I really start looking for, you know, what, what's our thing? Mm. And uh, I came up with this RFC, this rise, fight, and conquer. And I and I took that from um, Marv Levy. Marv Levy, you know, the Bills coach, mm. and you know, they lost those four Super Bowls, and it was devastating. And and I'd heard this one time him talking about this. And Jim Kelly was talking about that he had this poem um, up in his up in the locker room, and all the guys had to learn it and memorize it. And it's fight on, my men. Sue Andrews said, "A little I'm hurt, but not yet slain. I'll just lie down and bleed a while, and I'll rise and fight again." Mm. And we have said that. I put on every shirt, I put on everything, and, and put on their helmets. It's RFC. You're going to rise, fight. And I added the conquer later on as uh, RF rise and fight forever, and then. Out of the conference, and look, we get a right. You're, you're going to get beat down once in a while. You're not going to win every game. There's we're going to go through uh, trials and tribulations in our life, uh, whether it be life or football or whatever it is. You got to rise up, keep fighting, and at some point, we got to conquer. You know, you got to win the battle, uh, and so that's kind of what we do. So it's it's RFC for us, and uh, I 
you know, I, I don't think I'll ever, you know, change that. That's, you know, I want our kids to know that, you know, there's in their life there. And this is, you've, you've touched on this too in their life. There's going to be tough times, you know, you're going to lie down and just bleed or you're going to rise up and, and keep fighting. And that's, that's what I, I want our kids to understand. And, you know, there's been times I didn't think we were, we rose up very good. Sure. That happened. <laughs> that happens with your, with the kids that you have, but, uh, you know, when the kids really buy into that and they understand what that really means. And I make them learn that poem and we say it before we go out for every game. And I make them learn that. I put it all over the locker room. I want to make sure they know what that, what that is and what that truly means. And it was, I was really thinking about that this, uh, this fall where we was playing and I hadn't really heard much besides Marv Levy poem. I hadn't heard much about the rise and fight. And then we had a, we had an assembly um, this fall, and this Christian band, rock band, came through called Attaboy. I hadn't really heard of them. Mm-hmm. And they were singing a song, and it just, I was just kind of standing there listening. They were singing a song, and there was a line in their song that said, I'm going to rise and fight till the day I die. And I thought, boy, that just, and I, it just fit right in. You know, that's that's our thing. That's exactly what I tell these guys. You just got to keep, keep going. Just keep fighting. I don't ever stop fighting no matter what it is in life, just keep, just keep fighting with football, life, whatever it might be, marriage, kids, just keep going. Uh, you know, it'll be good. Yeah. It's funny. I've heard that poem before. I've I've actually used that, not at the school I'm at now, but before talked about that, about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you you think about win the day or, or RFC, it's, it all comes down to, you know, just control what you can control and just keep going. You know, don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Just keep fighting, keep pressing on. Uh, and that's kind of where our TNT came from. Uh, you know, teamwork and toughness do hard things together. And I think that's what ultimately builds your team that you know, when you do hard things together, it, it makes that, that camaraderie happen in your, your team. Or if you have like an organization, you know, there's like business people listening uh, that's that's what makes it run, and coach, that's some that's some really good stuff. I want to steal that. I know you guys talked about winning the day. I want to steal that. That's really good. Well, uh, you go right ahead. Like I said, we stole it, but it's just we stuck with it and uh, going to continue to use it. And you know, we've come up. Uh, another thing I came up to was you know we're the Eagles. You know, what Coach Short and I sat down a few years ago when we kind of struggled and said we need to come up with. Uh, you know, what, not only what our philosophy, but what are we all about? You know, and, and we came up with the Eagle way and it's 10 points. Um, number one, show up, uh, you know, be at everything. Number two is team first. Um, be un- very, be unselfish, put your team first. Number three is, you know, play solid defense. I think that's, you and I are defensive guys, so we want the defense to be solid. Oh yeah. Uh, be, be tough, be physical, uh, be mentally tough. Be fundamentally sound. Fundamentals are a huge part. You can't just go through the motions of practice. The, the as an offensive lineman, the, the six-inch step is important when you're if you're teaching six-inch step or whatever it might be. Whatever those fundamentals are, be, be sound in doing them. Number six is no excuses. You know your thumb pointer or finger pointer. Heard that a long time ago. You don't want to make sure you're you know put the responsibility on yourself. Trustworthy. Uh, that's number seven. You know, we want our guys to be trustworthy. We trust them. 
not only on the field, but off the field, you know, the things they're doing. Number eight is be great on and off the field. It kind of works in with trustworthy. And uh, number nine is commit to excellence. Are you all in or are you all out? You know, it's just like being down that weight room. Are you, are you just there to, to get your name checked off? Or are you there to, to buy it to what we're doing? And number 10 is, I think one of the most important ones is, is love what you do. You, and I love, uh, what you've been saying, because you can tell you absolutely love what you're doing. You're compassionate about being a coach. You know, these kids, we want them to love playing football. It might not be necessarily your passion, but this only lasts for a small amount of time. Um, you know, I've had a few kids go play college, but not a lot. So, it, you know, the percentage is very small, very, very small. You're going to go off and play in college. So you get these four years. That's it. And, you know, love it while you're doing it because you're, you're going to miss it tremendously. And, you know, and you're probably the same way. How many kids come back, uh, you know, after they've graduated and go, man, just one more game or one more play. I just like to play one more time. I mean, it happens all the time. They, those years fly by. And so just love what you're doing because you can't give it back. You, know, you can't get these days back. They're, they're going to be gone. Oh, no doubt. I, when I talk to my seniors, them specifically, but also you know, obviously speaking to the team. But I was speaking to the team, and I, I, you know, turn my attention to the seniors, and I say, guys, the days will feel like they last forever, but the year will go by in a blink. Oh, and, incredibly! I mean, it's just like it's boom. Like, oh, wait, wait a second. Like we were just in August yesterday, and the season's over, about the Christmas break, and uh, you know, just helping them to understand that the time is short, and you know, we actually. We got to our bye week and we were one in six this year. Yeah, great. That was that was a fun time. Uh, but you know, we were really competitive in a couple games. Uh, played well, won one, and I actually made our team sign a contract. Um, like during the bye week, so they would be coachable and they would uh, put the team first and put put aside all their selfish ambition. And we ended up winning the last two of the three games. And it's interesting how something that seems very simple to a coach, uh, you know, something not trivial, but something that's like, okay, sign this piece of paper, read through it. This is what I expect of you these last three weeks. And uh, it's cool to watch the, the players really buy in more. You know, I thought they were bought in, but they really bought in and ended up winning two of the last three and won three games for the first time since 2008. I was like, what, what was I doing in 2008? Uh, you know, but that's that's kind of what we're building here, Coach. We're not to your level. We're not going to playoffs, win the state championships. We're trying to build build that here. Um, but you know, as you talk about your program, your philosophy, kind of talk about you know what do you what are some like things you do that maybe are unique from people um, around you as far as football wise. There are things that you think that you got that you think are really good nuggets for the people listening. <laughs> well. Um... You know, it's funny, not funny you asked that, but uh, your, your last podcast, we had uh, Coach Terry on there from uh, uh, Plainfield East, I believe, and uh, great programs up in the Chicago area. The Northern northern football in, in Illinois is, uh, is is really good right now. Um, and that's a, that Plainfield area, there's East, there's West, there's Central, there, there's some really North, Plainfield North is uh well-known for their football track and there's some really good football up there so he's had a good program and uh, he touched on the uh, well basically what we do 
And I, I, I think what we do is a little unique to our area. It's not unique to the country, you know, and, and, and other teams are run. I think in our conference, it's kind of unique to what we do. Uh, I was going to make a reference to uh, Plainfield um, for people who listened to the podcast last time. Is uh, I was fortunate enough this past summer, I was uh, the head coach of the Shrine game for the East team, and uh, one of our players was from, was from Plainfield, Central, I think. I, I don't think it was from East, but I think Central. And he was a linebacker, and he was—he's one of those guys that uh, you probably didn't want to meet in the dark alley. He was a <laughs> tough, tough, tough kid. And uh, if you ever get a chance to coach one of those all-star games, uh, absolutely do it. Uh, it was one of the best things I've done uh, with football. Uh, made some uh, great contacts, some, you know, some other friends and coaching that I didn't know, and also now we now we stay in touch and. Uh, it was a great experience. My son was able to play in it with us, and we actually did win the game, which was even better. And uh, got to play some football in June, and that was that was really neat. So anybody out there, and the Shriners, um, the Shriners organization in general is just an amazing organization. My daughter Penelope is a is a Shrine patient. Uh, she, she came home from China. She had some issues with her legs, so we uh, spent a lot of time in Shriners Hospital in St. Louis, and so. It's, so just the Shriners organization in general just is an amazing thing. And so if you ever get a bit part of one of the Shrine games, uh, absolutely do it. Uh, and uh, and but you get to be around some great players and to put those all star, I mean all staters, almost every position. That was that was pretty fun, uh, pretty unique. But the reason I brought that up, Coach Terry was is up there at the Plainfield School, but he talked about uh, their defensive scheme, and you know we're, we are a a four three scheme. Uh, I'd like to say we're kind of more of a college style. Uh, I've, and again, we were, let me just kind of back up. Uh, when I first took over as, as, as the defense coordinators way back in uh, 2001, uh, I sat down with a, I said, well, what do we want to do? Because the, the Newton High School had been a 50, the old uh, uh, Temple's 52 defense forever. Mm. And I mean, had been, and I, that's what I played in, the, the tilt nose. And I mean, it was, uh, the defense coordinator that had been here, he'd been here a long time, and and he had some really good defenses, a tough defense, but the offenses were, you know, were emerging, and it was time to kind of change it up. And I, so we sat down with a with a coach, a uh, college coach out of Millican University, which is here in Illinois, and we put in their four four defense, and uh, I ran that four four for a long time. Then we got into the, and it was a good defense for us, you know, we had. A lot of zone, a lot of basically four four cover three, and then you, you know you, a lot of zone blitzes, and you, you know you brought it from different areas and, and things like that, and um, and I, and again, and this is you know I've, I've been listening to your, your podcast, and I keep reference back. You know, you and I are a lot alike. I don't have a huge call sheet myself. I mean, there's I you don't have to have a lot of calls. I think that the preparation is in the in, in practice and film film and and having the kids recognize the formations and things like that. Oh yeah, but preach that, coach. Absolutely. You, you may only go into the a game and have three or four blitz calls or, or whatever it might be because that might be what's needed for that game. Um, I know there's guys that'll get in games and just blitz for the heck out of it. And I was one of those guys when I was young. I mean, you just thought you had to blitz all the time. You don't need to do that. You need to adjust what what how, you know. How's the game going, and then adjust from there. But we were a four four team, and then in two thousand five, we were. We had a really good team, really good team. We were, we knew we probably going to go to state, and 
But we got midway through the season, and I just was not happy with our 4-4 defense. In fact, our, our three-tech just was getting trapped all the time. The, the player who was there just uh, could not get it figured out. And we had three really good other defense linemen. We couldn't find that fourth guy. But we had skill kids all over the place that could run, and we were fast. We could run and hit and do all this stuff. And I I had not, I didn't know anything about the 3-5-3. Three, three. And I picked mm-hmm. up an American Football Coaches Magazine and Georgia Military School uh, had an article in there. And I started reading it. I said, oh my gosh, I think this is what we need to do. And this is midweek. It's like on a Tuesday. I called him up. I call. I don't even remember who the coach was. I, I just called down there and I said, I think we need to run this deep. Can you? And we sat there and, and I listened to him and I was kind of X and Owen and then I ended up, he sent me a couple of drill tapes and um, that afternoon, that Tuesday, we put the three-five-three defense in, and we're getting ready to go play one of our biggest conference rivals. And uh, the kids loved it because he just brought he just brought it from all over. You know, we had a really tough nose guard. I had two really good defensive ends, and then you know I had that Mike linebacker, and I called my my two other inside backers. I just called them Rovers, and then they were flying, and my two outside guys were fast. And I mean. It was amazing. We go play and, and we shut this team out, and uh, then we, we just we went on a run. And the kids, they, we talk about buying into it. They they loved running it because they would stem and bluff and bring you know the left side's bluffing. We're bringing it from the right side or in the middle or whatever it might be, and it was amazing. So we ran three five three for you know the next few years, and then all of a sudden you transition out of that because the personnel changes. So all of a sudden, we'll start losing kind of our speed, and some of those kids are graduating. You don't have them anymore. So, you know, we kind of were still searching. And uh, I actually was very fortunate to sit down with, um, well, it's my Riddell rep. (laughs) And he had been a college coach for a long time. And I I had my old Riddell rep had retired. This new guy comes through, didn't know him. Um, Started talking to him one day, and, and find out he's coaching college, and he was passionate about defense. And we start talking D, and he was a, this four three guy running palms or read two, and uh, and and it's it was we stuck with it now for a while. Um, I think I, I think what's unique about this defense. Hey, Coach yeah, Terry. yeah, you're good. I this is okay. this is real time. We got an announcement going on right here. This is good stuff. Uh, Coach Terry, you know, talked about this on the read two. Um, you know, Palms, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not the true Tampa two. It's, it's different than that. I've ran a little Tampa two. Um, but I think this is a, a defense that you, you've got to be able to read out of it. And, uh, but I think what we do, it's a little bit more unique is I don't know how, what you do, but we, we put our, our shade or our, our one tech, we put him to the strength side, hmm. and then we put our we put our uh, D or strong defensive end. He's in the five. He's on the, that outside eye of that tackle. And so, if you have a tight end, then our Sam linebacker has walked up, but he's strong on that tight end side. Where traditionally, traditionally the uh, three tech is to the strength, and then the one tech is or the zero, whatever you want to call it, is to the uh, to the weak side. So we actually we we switch that. And it, it does give some teams some fits. We find that we're a little harder to trap that way. 
I'm not saying people still trap us. We do get trapped once in a while. But, um, you know, you're expecting it to, to be different, you know, when you walk up. And and, uh, and we see a lot of spread teams now as well. And so it's even out of spread, you know, you're still going to get trapped. But true inside trap, um, we're, like I said, we're West Coast. So we run true inside trap with the fullback. Um, most teams are more running counter, counter tray out of the spread, what we see, or, or just true power. They're pulling that guard. So, but we play a team in the playoffs this year that uh, they were a double wing team, and if they did, they ran true inside trap. But we were trying. That's another story. We we had to make an adjustment at halftime. We went to a sixty-five at halftime. We did pretty well with it, but to try to take away some of that stuff. But that's I'd say you asked me what we're unique, and I'd say that's probably the one of the things that we do. Is how we how we you know start our front. Now we you know we'll we'll shift them around a little bit as well. We'll slant we you know we'll slant gaps. We're gap controlled. Uh, we'll slant gaps. We'll loop. We'll stunt and stuff like that out out of that look. And uh, you know sometimes we'll equal them down or we give it we call it a bama call. We bam them down to uh, the double A gaps with those two guys and, and and do some different things. But that's I think that's all what makes us a little bit unique. I don't think anybody in our conference is truly doing that. Uh, and then on the read two part of it, you know, we've got a lot of teams that play man or cover three. You don't see a lot of two high safeties. But my kind of going off again, what Coach Terry was talking about was the one thing I, I want to do, though, is I don't want my two safeties just sitting back there. They've got to be active in the run game. So force is really important. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's. They've got, you know, you've got to have two guys that are willing to run to the football and get up into the box on force when they know it's that, you know, if they're running jet sweep outside or running sweep or something, or they see guard tackle pull and they're running counter, they've got to get up there and get, you know, one of those guys has to be forced to that side. Or somebody's designated as a horse guy. We we cover that depending on what, what set we're in. Um, that's real important. You know, if I just have two guys just hanging back, you know, Playing, I don't need two guys playing center field all the time. You know, in the past they've got a, they've got issues or that they've got their responsibilities, I should say. Mm-hmm. But they've got to be willing to be, uh, you know, work up into the box and be a good run guy. My strong safety this year and for uh, for the last two years has been my quarterback. I mean, we're a small school, so we don't always get the platoon. Sometimes we get to, but I mean, he's my strong safety, so he's up there making tackles and you know, and then turning around playing quarterback. Uh, as well, and they, uh, he's kind of a sad story. Uh, as a junior, game nine, week nine, he blows his ACL, and you know it happens. And uh, he recovered, came back. Uh, I got him back in the spring. I'm actually the head baseball coach as well, so I'm getting ready to roll into that. Oh wow, look and, at you, coach! That's awesome. Yeah, it's we're, we're busy around here, but I got him back in the spring. He played baseball for me, and man, he worked his tail off and got ready for the season. And I mean was throwing the ball well and, you know, doing all this stuff. And, and week eight, we're starting to roll a little bit. We're playing week eight. We're playing one of our rivals and we marched right down the field to score. And, uh, we, my kicker was a, was a soccer kid. He was, they had the soccer tournament, so he was gone. And so we had to go for two and run two point conversion play. And he, he blows the same ACL he blew the year before, almost a year to the date. Oh my gosh. The craziest thing. So we lost him to have him in the playoffs. And, uh, that that hurt us. I mean, I think he plays in the playoffs. We probably we end up losing overtime in the playoffs. We probably win, if nothing else, because he's on defense. I think we missed him as much on defense as anything. But um, you know, so but he was a tough kid, and he, I, you know, he's 
I want a I want a strong safety and I want a free safety. Not only they can play center field and go get the football, but they I want them come up and hit a little bit. Um, I just don't want them sitting back there. So, you know, force to me is, is the big thing. You know, sometimes your force is coming from your outside linebacker, depending on on, on what what formation you're up against. But uh, if you're not willing to come up and tackle, then on my defense, you can't really play. You know, you got to be able to stick your nose in there and, pl- and tackle a little bit. So that's kind of our what we do. Um, you know, we also run we also run some read three. Uh, so the read two, you know, especially if you're going, let's say you run two by two set or ten personnel, um, that corner, you know, and, and Coach Terry talked. He did a great job explaining this. That corner, you know, is read number two, and you know, we really we rep that in our DB drills. You know, reading, are you getting bubble? Are they, are you getting vert? You know, what are you getting? So make sure we, we're jumping the right route and not, and, and you guys were talking about this on your last one was, you know, when do you make the switch? And that's a great question because that came up this year. And we kind of, we kind of set it at about, if, if about seven to 10 yards, because if, if you've not seen, if they're going to run wheel route, or they're going to run the out, it's going to be right in there. If not, you're locking up and then you're going. So if you get Burks and both of them take off and you're sitting there, you're running with them. It turns into man. Right. And um, but I know Coach Terry said, you know, they may – or maybe you said this too, but, you know, they may switch a long ways down the field. And um, I think that became confusing for my guys. Mm-hmm. And I've had – especially this year, and I had guys that really worked out, and I get some of my DBs back that were just young. And I've had experienced DBs that I really felt. My 2016 team, I could have done anything with those guys. I had the best corner I've ever coached. Um, All-Stater, he's unbelievable. Uh, he, he could do anything. I mean, he, he could make the switches. He could do whatever. And so when you have, and I had my, my free safety and strong safeties were, were amazing and smart. Our, our team GPA was super high. So, you know, those guys can make the, the, the calls and switches and everything else we need to do on the field, you know, easier than you know my guys this year so we kind of set that seven to ten yards where we're gonna you know if they've not if number two is not committed with you you're you're back you're still in that back pedal hopefully if you're and then you're you're gonna turn and run with one and then if, if two ends up wheeling you know the safety may go ahead and jump him you know if they're running uh post wheel or whatever it might be so that's stuff you got to work on and that's stuff that comes from film you know, you watch a lot of film, and then you decide, okay, is it, what what route combinations are you going to get out of it? Um, but we rep it hard. Um, I think we've done a good job of taking away uh, a snag or fake or, or slant bubble. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people run snag, and I, you know that's been one thing that you know we see a lot of here with the RPO stuff. But, you know, we do that, and again, I know you're a big man guy, and and my my defensive guru, <laughs> my my Riddell guy. He said, you know, the best way to take care of RPO is man. I said, yeah, you're, you're right. And that's something we probably need to do a better job of. We do play we do play a little bit of man. But, uh, you know, our, we really rep that hard. As, as we come in the summer, you know, that's something we start right away with the, with the read two. But it's going to reference, we, we do play some read three. Mm-hmm. And so you get trips get trips to one side and if you've got a really good corner, and we did this again, 15-16 at this stud corner, I put him on that on the read three, so he would man up on the number one receiver. So then you're playing mix 
between Sam Strong Safety and, and we are Mike, mm-hmm. they're playing that mix and reading the number three guy. And what I tell you, nobody at that point, nobody around here had done that. I, I just it, it may be doing being done more now, but we got into a playoff game and it really confused some guys. Uh, really confused some teams because you're you're they're expecting to be, well, it must be straight cover three and it's not, or you know, is it man? It's not, and you know, it was some. We end up getting some picks off of it just because you could tell they weren't sure exactly what we were doing. Um, so it's fun. In, in combo, um, and Coach Terry talked about this as well. You know, combo co- uh, coverage. You know, there's times we'll play cover three to one side, man to the other, um, or you know, we've even played read two to one side and. and maybe a hybrid re- or cover three to another side or a man or whatever it might be. So I like that. I like, I, there's teams that stay just in cover three and that's all they ever do. Mm. We got team, we got teams, our conference, they'll never come out of their, their, their coverage. Is the same thing all the time? Um, and this is a hard, you know, we're in a lot of the same stuff, but it kind of depends on formation. We, we give them a little bit of ownership. We give them some ownership on the, on the defensive side to, Okay, this is what we saw on film. This is how they're lined up, and this is our call for that. And I think that's important. And I think it's also important to challenge these kids. These kids want to be challenged. You know, give them, let them take ownership in knowing, yes, I see this formation. I see we saw this on film. We can get into this check right here. And I don't, I don't give them a lot of checks, but you know, we can get them into a check. Um, I don't know if you do this or not, or you've heard people doing this, but like calling our coverages, we use a subtraction method. So if we want to go cover three, we may say 74, you know, seven minus four, it's three. Or, I mean, that's their call on the field. So they everything's subtraction. And so they we're always hauling numbers out, but they're just, you know, subtract, they're just subtracting those numbers to get the, get the call. So cover three, you know, see, they, they get the bad habit of saying 63 all the time, but, you know, they'll call something out or, you know, if we want to go, uh, you know, straight cover two or cover two, you may, you may say 53, you know, to get to that number. So they know exactly what we're doing. But that's that's just something I've done for a long, long time. Coach, I have <clears throat> I've never heard that. And I will. that's a great way to disguise your coverage. It is. Yeah, it really is. And you know where I picked that up? I picked that up in baseball. That was a baseball thing. Uh, oh, okay. Long time ago. So first and third situation. And, you know, actually was, uh, I heard a coach doing this one time. So, it, you know, first and third situation. So if you want to, you know, go back to the pitcher, you know, they may say 54. You want to throw through, you're saying, you know, 53. Mm. Uh, you're doing your cut. They had a number for the cut. So I just took that. I took it from baseball and put the football. That's what I did. And uh, it's really worked well for us. And the kids get it. You know, it's something they, that they, 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 they get it. I mean, it's, that's easy for them. Um, and we have some smart kids, and then there's times the kids struggle, but they can get that part of it. Sure, you know, um, those, are, those are low numbers. They should be okay with that, right? <laughs> they, they should. They should. You never know. They should. <laughs> oh, geez. That's that's great, man. I, I have never – I mean, I've heard people giving double calls, like where you want to play to um, – Format, like a, a normal formation, the second number is what you want to what you want to play to trips. But I've never heard of calling the covers by subtraction, Coach. I'm going to steal that. That is, yeah. man, that's good. I mean, that's uh, it's been. I mean, it's easy. I mean, it's easy for us, and 
uh, you know, I don't know if other teams pick up or not. If, if somebody that picks up on it, we, we've I've never really had an issue with it. I mean, it's uh, they may pick up on it a little bit, but we can just tweak it if we need to or do something a little bit different. But it's it's not been an issue for us, and you know, and we'll try to bluff it. You know, we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll show you a, a too high look and, and roll down and you know end up in man or or whatever and. We play. Uh, I do like playing um, man under. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like I like man under. I like it on third down. I like them on third and long, especially kind of in the red zone. Um, we get their free. You know, your safeties are kind of free hitters and go go ball hawk a little bit. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll do that, and the kids like it. And this is something um, you got a team running a lot of crossing routes, and especially deep crossers. So. We did this in the – I picked this up in the Shrine game. So one of the guys was uh, head coach of Decatur MacArthur, uh, great guy. Uh, Derek Spates is his name, and, and he's helping coach the defense with me. And we're running this uh, under and, you know, two deep man under. And he said, you know, and, and these teams are running crossers. He says, you know, we should call this bait. And uh, what we did was – and I think Coach Terry kind of uh, talk, talked about this too was – Drop that one safety down a little bit lower and take that crosser out on, on snap the ball. So they get the pre-snap read. You got two safeties. They think you're going to bail out of there, and then you you switch it down into where you've got the you're taking those crossers away. It was great. We actually got a pick in the, in the Shrine game off of it, and uh, you know, so we we run that a little bit once a lot. If we got a team that's you know going to run those deep middle crosses, um, kind of bait them, you know, get that quarterback through that ball, you know, on the pre-snap read, think your safeties are bailing out, and then we're actually stemming back down into it. So just cool stuff like that. I love, you know, I love messing around with that and, and seeing different things. And, and our, our kids like, you know, we say, Hey, we may run this one time again because we've got a feeling of, you know, they're going to run this route. We're going to run this route. We're going to, this is what we're going to do and try to get, you know, get down into it. That's, that's awesome. She, that's what the uh, Falcons did to Tom Brady a couple years ago. They got that pick six. They dropped the safety down like one robber. Right, uh, took it to yeah. the took it to the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it's cool stuff. I mean, just and that that's what keeps defense, uh, especially me as a coach, it keeps your mind fresh. You know, you don't get caught just doing the same thing over and over. And uh, you want to be good at what you do. You want to definitely be good. Don't. Uh, I think you made a reference to this. You, you find a coach that has a million different plays and formations, and they they probably don't run any up very good. You know, do. Do what you do right, you know, do it right every time. And I think that's very important. So we want to do our little things. We want to do them right every time. But there's nothing wrong with tweaking it a little bit and just keeping your mind fresh and keeping the kids fresh. Oh, sure. I mean, you, like you said, you got to keep them engaged. You know, they're, they're millennials. They want some new things, uh, you know, <clears throat> to be able to do. And I think that's awesome. So, Coach, as we as we kind of wrap up here, I, you, you've been a head coach for a long time, Um I would like you to to give us uh, give our listeners like the nugget of the secret to your success. Like, what's the one thing you can point to that says, "Hey, I think we do this really well, and this gives us a chance." I know you've touched a lot of philosophy and culture. Just just give me like a, a takeaway here at the end for the listeners. I, one, love what you do, and be you know have patience, have faith, have faith in your system and your program. Um, you touched on this, the process, have faith in process, but, um, keep just, just keep striving at it because like I said, we, we had some down years and, uh, part of it is, is, 
is the players. I mean, you you start getting better athletes coming through, and not that the players when we were we had one year we were one and eight, and uh, I love those kids. Those kids worked their butts off. They really did. They they worked tremendously hard. They just weren't necessarily great football players, but they worked super hard. It was one of my it was one of my most fun years. But it's also a, you know losing games is hard on. Mm-hmm. And so just trust the process and just keep stay consistent and keep striving at it. And also understand um, it's easy when things aren't going well, it's if you start questioning yourself, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm still the same coach I was when we went to state championship game as an assistant coach, but you know, I'm not, I've not changed in the sense of, I still have, a little bit of football knowledge, I hope. I mean, that part's not changed. Um, in fact, I hope I have more now. I mean, I hope I'm still a better student of the game. You know, trust in yourself a little bit. I think I even went through that where I didn't really trust myself as much. And you got to trust yourself. And there's going to be times it's going to be – it's a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down. Uh, this year was a little bit of a down year for us, and we just want to be consistent. But just trust in the process and keep after it. You know, don't don't get, don't get discouraged. And then believe that you – Believe that you can, and this is something I wanted. To, I wanted to maybe end on this, but um, the mental, the mental mindset, and this is something I really tried to uh, bring into it the last couple of years. And this is where I was going to reference Coach Short again. Coach Short is a great is a great track coach for us, and he's really uh, changed our track program and also the way, kind of the way we think. And I don't. Do you know who? You know Josh Metcalf. Do you know who that is? That name sounds really familiar. He wrote a book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Mm. Yep, yep, I know what you're talking about. Yep. If you've not read that book, I highly recommend it, Chop Wood, Carry Water, and also the other book. Well, he's wrote a few, but the other book I highly recommend is Pound the Stone. And actually, uh, Josh Metcalf has been here twice to speak to our student body. And uh, and this is, again, this is all – got to give all the credit to Coach Short on this. And what I really like about this, you know, Mental mindset of being, you know, 90% of what happens, and I think you actually said this but 90, the other day, 90% of what happens and 10% is, you know, what you do with it. How do you react and what do you do with it? And that's, that's you know, that's football, that's coaching. And so what I start, and this is what Josh Metcalf talked to our, our guys about. I said, well, when something happens, what are you saying to yourself? So I started this last year in baseball and a guy strikes out. I said, what are you, what are you saying to yourself right now? You know, are you saying that you can't do it? Do you, you know, you suck. Well, you know what? Were you saying no? I, you know, I, I got this. You know, I, I messed up. You know, I struck out, but next time I got. It. And I try to tell that to these kids too. Say, and even coaches. You know, if something goes bad, what are you saying to yourself? Are you beating yourself down? Don't beat yourself down. Keep picking yourself up. Keep fighting through it. That chop wood carry water book is a, is a great book, and it talks about that. The process of something takes a while. You have to build it up. And you're talking about, you know, brick by brick. You talked about that and, and winning the day. That's it, it all goes in with that. And I just tell these kids, don't beat yourself down. And you, we've heard that, but that's, you know, last year in baseball, a guy would, uh, you know, something would happen. I just holler out, what are you saying to yourself right now? Because I want them to think positive. You know, we don't want to mess up again. Obviously, we don't want to strike out, or we don't want to make an error, or we don't want to drop a pass, or we don't want to get taken a sack, or we don't want to have a holding penalty. But you've got to bounce off of that because we got the next play is the most important play. That's in the past. You know, short-term memory, the next play is the most important thing. 
Same thing with my coaches. We walk off that coach that that field at practice. We've had a bad practice, and that happens. We we've all been there as coaches. You have bad practices. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to change it for the next? So we make sure the next practice is not bad, and that's on us as coaches to make sure we go out and we do something to make sure those kids are ready to, to perform. Because when they, you when they leave here, they've had a bad practice or a kid had a bad practice. He's carrying that over with him to the next day. We got to make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, that's our job as coaches. And these guys are 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. They're still kids. They're still kids. And, you know, we want them to perform at a high level, yes. But at the same time, we want them – I want them – when they leave here, when they leave my program – I'm sorry if I'm going long here. No, Coach, you're great. Program, when they leave my program, I hope that they've had one of the best times of their life, whether they won a game or not, because I want to make this enjoyable to them. And I hopefully we've won because winning is fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it tremendously. But I hope they've had a great time playing here. I hope they're a better man, a young man, because of it. I hope they leave here and they become a, a great husband, a great father, a great uh, member of their community, whether it be here in Newton or wherever they might be. Uh, I love hearing stories of guys. Like this time of year, the, the guys are getting out of their uh, college and taking their finals, and they're, you know guys will show up here at school. You know, and I love hearing about you know, their life and what they've been doing and, and how the classes are going. I think that's a, I think that's very important. Those relationships we build with these kids is, is, is super important. And, uh, kind of tie, again, just but kind of got off track there a little bit, but what are we saying to yourself when something goes bad? So just trust the process and just keep after it. And, you know, the rise and fight that's rise, fight and conquer that, you know, tell you that we can't, uh, that we can't go anymore until the good Lord takes it away from us. <laughs> Coach, I'll tell you what, I, <clears throat> I I love listening to, to wise head coaches, and this has been uh, awesome. I have like three pages of notes. Uh, I'm writing stuff down the whole time, and I know <clears throat> the listeners will really enjoy this, and I, I appreciate your time, Coach, and thank you for coming on. we got to get a part two of this, too. i got to go to Illinois because both, both of my phone-in uh, podcasts have been from Illinois, so i got to make a trip out west sometime soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to have you. If we ever get that way, definitely. I tell you, I, and, and I'm very, I'm really high on Coach Short, and it would be worth. I don't know if you know much about the RPR, uh, the activation, um, the, uh, the the speed training. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the. Uh, there's a big there's a big consortium going on in in Tampa this weekend. It's called the Track and Field Consortium. Uh, it's ran by a guy from Plainfield North. Uh, the head track coach there, Coach Short's really big into this, and we've added, we've implemented a lot of this stuff to our program. Um, it's, it's, I'm not the right guy to explain it. <laughs> um, activation or our, what they call RPR, it's, uh, uh, it's activating uh, you know, muscles and things in your body. Um, you know, it's a process that we do every day uh, before weights, before practice, and and all this stuff, and uh, it would be worth. Uh, uh, talk to the coach short about sometime. Um, he, he'd be the right guy to explain it. But that's something that if you want to talk about something unique to our program, that's something that we started before anybody around here. There's a few teams starting to do it because they're starting to get in on this, uh, uh track and field uh, consortium stuff. But, uh, that might be something down the road. If you, you want something to talk about, he'd be a great guy to talk about or talk to you about that. And, uh, it really has changed, uh, some the way we've done, uh, some things here at our school. It, it is unique to what we're doing. 
That's awesome, Coach. I got to come out there and just do a podcast in your field house, and we can get everybody there all together. <laughs> I wish we had a field house. That's, we don't. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach. Well, shoot, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, listeners, we'll put this up here shortly.